Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. And today I'm joined by Joe Johnson, the content coach. Now, Joe has a particular specialty. She has something which I think is so important to share with the podcasting community, and that is storytelling. Now, what I've seen overwhelmingly is that podcasts who use stories well definitely connect with their audience better and have a far better result in retaining people and retaining their audience. And stories are really powerful. We've seen it become a really popular trend in other forms of content, and I think it's only going to become bigger when it comes to podcasting. Now, I came across Joe uh, online, and what was really fascinating about Joe is that when she posted things online, I found that I really read them and I really engaged with them. And what I come to see is she's a true specialist when it comes to understanding the dynamics of engaging content, and I think she's someone you should be paying attention to in your own content. Now, in this episode, we're actually going to go through a framework she shared with me at a workshop and one I've been using in my own stories with great success. So I'm really excited about this episode. I think that every podcaster can bring more stories into their actual podcast and we'll see more and more results. Now, before we head into the episode, just one more thing. We've actually built out some more resources over at valamedia.com. So if you are looking for, I guess, some frameworks and tools to help you be more successful in podcasting, then head over to Bella Media, click on that free resources tab and start downloading some stuff, some intro frameworks and other tools that will really help you have a much better podcast. So let's head into this one from here. Very excited to dive into this episode and a big thank you for Joe for coming on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. How are you doing? Hi, Charlie. I'm really, really good. Thanks for having me. No, it is my absolute pleasure. So, listeners, I want to give you guys some context. Joe has been someone I'd kind of found online and been kind of crawling, a little bit stalking her content. Um, and I realized something very, very unique happened that I was replying to the posts she was creating. I found myself constantly looking at the content Joe was making and I was actually replying to it, which is unusual because I'm not someone who normally engages with content. And then after a little bit of digging, Joe is someone who I noticed is a content specialist and a storytelling specialist. On the back of that, I managed to attend a workshop, oh, sorry, a workshop that Joe did on storytelling and really, really took a lot away from it, which I think is super relevant for podcasters. So Joe is actually the only non-podcaster I have had on the show, but her topic and what she teaches is just so relevant. So Joe, can you please tell us a little bit about your business? And I'd love to get into some storytelling. Sure, sure. Thanks, Charlie. So my business is called The Content Coach. It started about just under 10 years ago and started really as a copywriting business after I left realestate.com.au. I was there for 10 years uh, working in digital marketing, everything from running the sales teams to actually being the global editor when I finally left there, building the brand and the content for the, the brand across the world. So my business now is primarily around teaching other people how to tell their own stories and use storytelling techniques 
to build out content for their businesses. Um, I still do a little bit of content creation for people, but mostly it's about teaching them how to do it for themselves because it's much more sustainable, it's much more interesting for me, and I just think it's a great uh, a really great skill for business owners to be able to have, to be able to tell a meaningful story and turn the value that they have into, you know, a, a two-sentence social media post or an entire book and everything in between, really. Yeah, fantastic. And what a resume you have there. Certainly got the credentials to teach other people on this topic. I'm really curious, though. What led you to storytelling? Because I know a lot of copywriters who are not good storytellers, and I certainly think they're kind of different sports. They're in the same field, but they're a very different game. So what led you to transitioning from more copywriting into storytelling? Sure. I think actually what happened was it was the other way around. I actually, um, prior to realestate.com.au, I worked in digital marketing in a small online offline ad agency And just prior to that, I was actually in IT recruitment, so I was selling people. And in selling people, so creating ads for clients, but also marketing those people, I had to tell a story about them. So I was telling a story about my clients and their potential opportunities that they had through through my advertising. And then when I was trying to sell that, sell a person into the client, I was telling stories about them, not just they did this, they did that. It was really more, you know, fleshing that out and how they came to be, who they are and the sort of value that they could bring. So I think that storytelling thing came really naturally to me. I was always a writer, a story writer at school. I, um, you know, English, English literature major at university. So story is very much part of my DNA. And after the recruitment side of things, when I hopped into REA, it's all about the story there. You know, I had to sell, basically sell digital marketing solutions to real estate agents who were hoping to die before they ever had to turn a computer on. And, you know, (laughs) so through that, I had to actually sell them the bigger picture, sell them the story of how this was going to work for them. So I think that storytelling stuff has, as I said, has always been there. And then I I learnt copywriting just as a skill set, if you like. And when I first started my business, the reason I began it, uh, you know, began it as a copywriting business was because I could do it on my head. I had a a brand new baby and it was something I could do at any time of day or night. So that's really sort of what happened. And I guess I've just come back to my roots and back to what I love, which is, you know, the proverbial sitting around the campfire or leaning on the bar and and spinning a yarn and uh, now just doing it and helping people to do that through their marketing of their businesses. That's quite a journey and it's fascinating that you started there and have kind of come through copywriting. And it sounds like the storytelling element's been influential in your style of copy as well that's come through, which is interesting. I've actually done quite a lot of copywriting in a previous business. I ran a marketing agency and I kind of, no, I can say we were still doing well from it, but it's like we didn't use storytelling at all. And I find it fascinating how big storytelling has become and how important it's become in marketing these days. And for many, many years, it didn't play a role. So Mm. is that something you're noticing as well, is that storytelling is becoming a more important part of communication and marketing? 100%. Absolutely. I mean, it feels like to me that I can't remember a time when 
you know, brands like Apple or Nike or, or, or Coke even didn't use storytelling. But I know that they didn't, you know, way back when it was feature benefit, feature benefit sort of stuff. But it feels to me like that storytelling is everywhere now. And you, the reason for that, I think, is that, you know, as humans, we are actually hardwired. We're hardwired to receive stories and to understand and to remember them. So we don't typically remember facts and figures or data or features. What we remember is how the information made us feel. We remember the characters and and whether we liked them or didn't like them. We remember the location or the setting and how, you know, we either wanted to be there and be immersed in that or, or shun that. And all of those characteristics of story are now cropping up in marketing, whether it's an ad on TV or the radio or whether it's something that you see online. The storytelling element is very much a, a way for people to remember what that product or service is rather than having to go through a checklist of features and things and for that to be a way to remember it. Yeah, I really agree with that. And I mean, the proof being is like, I can think of so many movies I've seen like years ago, and I can recite them fairly accurately or well. But um, for instance, I was looking at, let's say, reading some data yesterday. I can't remember any of it. I would need to bring it back up to recall that information. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, if you think about just an example, say a James Bond film, right, when he's on the on the top of the train and he's fighting the villain, you can actually sit in the cinema or at, on the couch at home and get sweaty palms thinking about him going through that tunnel. Is he going to make it? And that is the power of storytelling because you, your, your readers or your viewers are actually invested so much that they can actually have a physiological uh, reaction to those words or to that visual. And if you're not creating that sort of that reaction from your audience, then you're really missing a huge opportunity to engage with them and for them to remember your brand and to really want to buy into it. It's really interesting. And even as you said that, I can visually see, I think, I believe it's Skyfall is the episode or the James Bond film where he starts on the train and there's the sniper shot, like straight into it, even on reference because of how powerful those stories are. Yeah. So the reason I brought you on for this episode particularly, I feel many podcasters haven't connected these dots yet that they could be using stories in their podcast to help articulate points better or help uh, position their brand and services better or a whole variety of things. And I would love your opinion on this. How do we bridge this as podcasters? Where and how could we start using stories to create more connection and be more memorable? Yeah, sure. Look, I feel like it's something that really needs to sort of permeate through everything that you do. You need to understand, like really intensely understand what the value is that you bring to your audience, not the services or the programs or the frameworks or the blueprints. You need to really be able to nail in just a couple of sentences what the value is that you deliver and the transformation that whatever your expertise is can offer to your audience. And then within that, you know, having some examples and some stories to illustrate that transformation and that value is a really great place to start. And then you can kind of work backwards from there. So, for example, if, you know, for me, if you're talking about, you know, say if I want to talk about how I, how I deliver marketing services to somebody, 
then I'm not just going to say I do this, I do that, I do that. What I'd probably do is, is start by talking about client Mary Brown for whom had this really intense problem and she discovered that I could help her out with that and, you know, this is where she is now and then you kind of work back to how my input has created this amazing transformation for her. Then by definition, people are going to want to say, ask the question, sorry, well, tell me what are the steps that you took her through? What is that process that you take people through to get them from A to B? So you're just really going to, you know, you really should delve deep into that value and the transformation that you bring through your services and then have a good bunch of examples to illustrate that. And, you know, for, for those who are just starting out in business, that can be challenging because they often don't have too many clients to whom they can sort of draw on. But what you can do is either really quickly get some of those sort of little case studies by doing a couple of pro bono type projects or you can lean on others who do similar things to you and have a look at some of those stories and some of their examples and not steal them, but think about perhaps, you know, examples in your own space where you might have seen the transformation happen to a peer or a colleague at a place that you worked or somebody in your family. So we've all got places that we can draw on to get some of these examples. But definitely once you've got an established business, any of the clients that you're working with can become a really great little case study and therefore a great little story to start talking about to illustrate what it is that you want to want to say in that particular podcast. That's a really interesting one. Something I like that you highlighted there was that if you're creating stories around your clients and the before and after journey, they're going to be the best stories for new potential clients because Absolutely. they're going to identify with that. So yeah. Let's let's do a little sample here. Is it? I'm going to use my own business, you know, uh, self-proclaimed. I'll be selfish on this one. So I, for example, here, just to recap so the audience can understand. So for me, I work with podcasters. This podcast is for podcasters and helping them create a successful and profitable show. So our before and after is maybe someone who's in the before state is maybe they're making content or they've started a podcast, but they're not getting the results from it. So they're very much in that struggle stage of maybe growing their audience or taking their podcast, turning it into leads for their business, for example. Then on the after effect would be that when they've worked with us, that they've actually been able to create a show that is a growth engine for their business. It is producing sales, it is producing leads, and they've got a, a, a massive audience with massive authority, ideally. That's what we aim for from there. So if we were going to create stories, the best stories I could do would to be talking about the clients that exist within that and what their life was like before and how we worked with them to get them to that point. So it's never even about the tactical side of things of, you know, this is the headline we use to get this result. It's really leaning into the journey of how they got there. Absolutely. That's our new tagline, by the way, banging podcast. <laughs> banging I like podcast. That. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> so, but within that, there are going to be these variations. So you'll have someone who's already got a pod podcast, they got to X point with their listeners and then couldn't break through the thousand mark or whatever it was. Then you're going to have others who are scared to death of technology, have never started a podcast, have never wanted to, but someone told them to. So there's a whole bunch of other issues they're going to come up against. 
then you might have someone who's got, you know, had a podcast for five years, it's fabulous, but they don't know how to monetize it. So there's going to be so many variations of your clients and each one of those is going to have a unique set of problems and challenges and you hopefully are going to have the solution for that. But instead of coming on and doing, you know, boring old marketing about here's your problem, this is what we can do to help, follow my five-step framework sort of thing, what you're going to do is just say, hey, I've just got this, you know, I've just been working with Charlie Brown. He's fabulous and da-da-da-da-da. He had this really unique situation and he thought I might be able to help him out with him, but let me just tell you about where he's been. And you'll start to talk all about Charlie Brown and all of the things that he does. So the limelight's off you, but the very clear inference is that you have helped him get better at what he does and come through the challenges and come out the other end more successful. And you don't even have to say it. But that is what your audience is going to hear. And by using different different clients and different challenges, you're going to also help your audience self-identify because not all of them are going to have the same set of challenges or be the same sort of business owner who wants a podcast. So you need to use lots of different examples so that people can identify And, you know, male, female, service-based business owners, product-based business owners, brand new business owners, ones who've been in forever. And then you'll help people to find someone that they have a kinship with and that's when they start to really lean in and say, oh, Charlie's helped Mary, should be able to help me too. Mm, I was just thinking then, what a great way to filter the people you want to work with by creating the relevant story. I think that's great there. Yeah, and don't be afraid, and this is what I say all the time about whether it's creating digital content or, you know, offline content, don't be afraid to divide your audience. And I don't mean by that to say that you're rude about any particular group or you're politically incorrect or anything, but don't be afraid to take a stand in what you believe in and the sort of people that you can help because you simply cannot help all the people all the time and nor should you want to. You know, you want to be really good at helping one set of people and there's plenty of them, believe me, as long as you don't go ridiculously niche. But what you say, stand on one side of the fence so that people can can really opt in or opt out. And it's just as great when they opt out because then nobody wastes anybody's time. I'm not biased at all, Joe. I don't just believe that podcasting is the best marketing growth engine for a business and that every other form of content is a waste of time. I don't believe that at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, of course, but obviously I'm trying to articulate a, a position of stance there. But that's that's a really good point because this is something I really want to dig into a little bit more. A lot of podcasts couldn't be more vanilla. It's like they're spending most of their time trying not to annoy anyone or offend anyone and in turn never build any real connection with a precise group of people. Yeah, very beige, boring. (laughs) So where do – well, I'm going to, you know, frame this up for podcasters but this is going to be a general question from here. Where do people go wrong with stories? Like what's the most common mistakes you see? So one of the big challenges is that a lot of people think that when we talk about storytelling, it's just about their own story. So they're only talking about themselves and they talk about themselves all the time (laughs) and a lot. And it's after a while that can become tedious and there's a lot of self-indulgence 
around this sort of stuff, uh, particularly if you've got a rags to riches story or you've got a, you know, an adversity to success story. You know, there's a lot of people who just bang on about themselves. So I think that's the number one thing is that, yes, you can bring in elements of your own story to illustrate a particular point, but don't be just talking about yourself. You should be actually talking much more about other people's stories and and your clients' stories. So that's one of the things. Uh, The other is that I think a lot of people like the idea of telling a story that's entertaining and that's great for engagement. But I'm really clear with the way that I teach in that you need to have, there needs to be some value attached to that story. We're not just having a drink and having a yarn at the pub and telling stories because we want to get the most laughs, right? Laughter and comedy is wonderful for engagement and for peaking interest, but there has to still be a punchline. There has to be some value that's delivered to your reader, particularly, oh, I say reader, viewer, listener, particularly, you know, when you're running a business. And that's what we're talking about here is using our our podcast to deliver value to people. So you can't just tell a story and for it to be, you know, a good fictional piece or for it to be a good yarn. It has to actually deliver some value that ideally is solving the challenges and the problems that your particular audience has. I like that point a lot. It's making the story useful or value-driven in some way. Yeah, 100%. So how do we go about doing this? And I mean, I'm leading a little bit here into your framework that I know you're going to graciously share with us today, but how as podcasters do we start putting these stories together? Sure. So I do have a really simple framework, which can be used for a podcast. It can be used for a social media post or a book even if you extrapolate it. And it's really actually very simple first step is really just to say, who is this for? So get very, very clear on who this story is intended for. And within that, you want to say, what are some of the challenges of that particular person or that audience? And, you know, in knowing those challenges, it will help direct the story. Then you're going to say, what? You know, what are we actually talking about here? So who comes first, then what? What is the subject matter? for this particular episode. And then how is this important and why is this important? So, you know, why is it of value to this audience? And hopefully there's that link there between what their challenges are and what you're going to provide them in terms of information. And then how do we go about actually doing the thing that we say we're going to do? In the how, that's where you've got the opportunity to really illustrate that with some case studies, some other stories, so stories within the story. And then you're going to play devil's advocate. So the fifth piece is the what if. So, you know, most often when somebody is reading a blog or they're listening to a podcast or they're watching a video, there's always the naysayers who say, yeah, but what if that doesn't work for me? You know, what if what you're saying doesn't work for me? And the inference there is that I'm different, I'm special, your thing, you know, I need some more convincing that your thing is going to help me. So by playing devil's advocate on your own story, you will be able to answer those rebuttals before they come to you. And you want to be able to do that because it shows that you've got empathy with the other side of the fence 
and it shows that you know your audience inside and out. You know they're going to ask those sorts of questions. And it also means that you're less likely to get commentary on your post or your blog or your under your, your podcast around, you know, sort of negativity and things that people will say, oh, no, this isn't going to work for me. So it's really just those five steps. It's who is this for? What am I talking about? Why is this important? How do you go about doing this? Bring in some case studies there to illustrate. And then the what if? What if this doesn't work for me? And you can nut that out in, quite frankly, 10 or 15 minutes, not even. You know, podcasters know their content. They know their stuff. So depending on whatever the topic is for that week or that that month or however, you know, frequently you're podcasting, you're going to nut that out really quickly on a piece of paper and then that will direct the way that the story goes. So you can quite comfortably talk to those notes in those five points and build some nice tension. So you're sort of setting the scene, building some nice tension, rounding it off with a, you know, the, the, the other side of the coin, and then you can tie it all together. Mm, I really like particularly that last one with the objections and making it clear the what ifs, because I, I kind of felt as by acknowledging them or dealing with them, it just it absolutely, to your point, creates so much more credibility to the story itself. Yes. And um, something was really surprising. Like I was very fortunate. I got to spend some time in a room with you and do this framework. And while I do agree it is simple, what was fascinating to me is that almost made it way more achievable to create a story. So I think um, with some of the frameworks out there, they're way too regimented and complex to create something that would actually be useful or something you can use regularly with ease. Yes, yes. And I think that's that's what I'm all about. I think people overcomplicate everything. <laughs> overcomplicate <laughs> everything in life, whether it's, you know, looking after a new baby or <laughs> which I know you're going to be going down that path soon, Charlie. Um, oh, wait, I'm, know, th- I'm thrilled to hear that that's simple and easy. <laughs> um, I really am. Thank you, Joe. That's- <laughs> yes. Oh, look, I mean, I think we just overcomplicate everything and business in particular, you know, entrepreneurship, there is so much stuff and info out there about how to market yourself and how to do everything. And quite frankly, a lot of it's crap and a lot of it is fluff and a lot of it is filler and a lot of it is just to make try to make the person who's creating it sound clever. And it really, really annoys me. And so everything I do for my clients is simple, simple techniques, simple programs, you know, simple coaching. If you can't, I think, quite frankly, if you can't get through to someone in simple terms and, you know, and be able to help them transform, like help them help themselves really, which is what my job is as a coach. It's not for me to do it for them. It's for them to help themselves. If I can't do that rapidly, then the problem's with me, not with them. And so I just, and I get bored working with people for a really, really long time. I know that sounds odd, but I don't run 12-month coaching programs because I think that's rubbish with what I do. You don't need me for 12 months. You can use me for three months and then go away and do your thing. Come back for something else when you need a hand and we'll do it again for three months. But I just, you know, same with this sort of storytelling stuff. You don't need, you know, 50-week-long programs on how to write a story. Just... Five simple steps, 15 minutes, 
go and speak out your podcast, go and do it, you know. And the more you do it like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I think if anybody, sorry, once you become aware of storytelling frameworks and things, it all becomes a whole lot easier for you to create them too. And, you know, just talking about the, the James Bond film, once you start looking for it, you'll find that in everything you read, whether it's a magazine article, a great fiction novel, go and see a film, you'll start to see that they're all very similar in the way that they're structured. And you'll get this scene setting, character introduction, characters go on a journey, they come across something that's, you know, decision time, they take one path, then it gets to a climax where they've got a, a crunch point and at this point they have to make a really big decision about whether they live or die, metaphorically, most of the time. And then they come back down and there's some resolution there and then on on they go on their path and they come back into their normal world somewhat changed. That is a very traditional hero's journey storytelling technique that has been around since people were telling stories in the caves and nothing's actually changed. Nothing has changed in that way that humans like to tell and receive stories. But I think because of all the hoo-ha in recent years around marketing, it's been overcomplicated and it really doesn't need to be. That's a really interesting perspective there. For, for myself personally, I really like the frameworks for building stories because I find for myself, when I go to use frameworks, I often, how can I put this, skip over the emotional side of things. So I would never, for example, I might just tell a story as like, I'll just make up a, a random one here. Yep. Charlie got in car, Charlie went to shops, Charlie bought goods, <laughs> Charlie got back in car, Charlie went home. And like, I miss the, you know, how was I feeling when I got into the car? Yeah. You know, how did this look? What did that sound like? And I feel like particularly with frameworks, what it does is it allows us to articulate and not miss the distinctions. It stops us from being bland and boring and yeah. keep that story in the path itself. Sure. Sure. I think what can happen though, if the framework is too complex or too convoluted, I should say, that you can then tip the other way and get a bit self-indulgent and you can end up spending hours describing something and introducing your characters and they never actually get to the climax and the point of the story. So we've got, how do we strike balance there? I guess it depends on the vehicle or the, the channel that you're distributing the story over. If you've got an hour on a podcast, you can spend... 10 minutes, 15 minutes introducing the character to really paint the picture. And, of course, you've just got audio, so you may, depending on what you're trying to, to talk about, you may need to spend that time really, you know, setting the scene so that your listeners have got a good visual on what's, you know, what's being, um, what's being described. If you're writing an 800-word blog, you're going to set, spend one paragraph setting the scene. That's it. Um, so it depends on the on the channel. But, again, it's practice and it's getting feedback from people. I think you can, you know, for podcasters, you can feasibly have a little practice with some mates or partners, family, whatever, the dog, and say, you know what, I'm just going to talk through this thing. I've got this idea. This is, you know, my upcoming episode, but I really want to frame it differently. 
and, you know, start to describe what's going to happen and then where the character goes and then how it comes to resolution and what that means for the listener and just see how it lands because you might be the descriptive flowery type who spends way too long, like 80% of the time describing and then 20% of the time with actual content and value or you may be like you, Charlie, where it's like... (laughs) All about the point. <laughs> and then, it's you know, so you've, got another, you've got another 55 minutes to fill. <laughs> so, It's interesting that I would think many people fall into either of those camps and it's being aware of which one you sit in so that yes. you can kind of lean the other way a bit. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'll, I think we should cover some use cases here because the one that came to mind and why I came to your workshop was particularly the introductions in a podcast I feel like using stories in your introduction are a really, really powerful way to captivate engagement and actually get people to listen through. So that was the one, and I was thrilled that we used that exact framework you went through to actually craft one I was uh, quite happy with. But I look at this and I think of some other scenarios, and there's one particularly I would love to ask your opinion on here. If you're a host of a podcast and you're interviewing a guest, how can you use stories within an interview on either side here? So from my perspective or from the guest perspective? Sure, sure. So look, I guess there's a few different ways. Obviously, the story of how and why the person, you've chosen the person to come on as, as a guest. So if you're the host and you've got a particular guest coming to speak with you, you know, why did they come to mind when you were thinking about your next podcast, because within that there'll be a story. And just like you spoke about with me, you know, you said you've been stalking me and then, you know, you you found yourself engaging with my content and you perhaps didn't know why because that wasn't your usual use case. And then, you know, you ended up coming to a workshop and we've hung out and all that sort of stuff. So that in and of itself is a story and builds a picture for your listeners around why this person might be an interesting person to listen to and why this can be a really valuable episode. So the the way that you have come to talk to that guest is a story in and of itself that can demonstrate a lot of value for the audience. The other thing is to, when choosing guests, I think it's actually, you know, this is a, a, a challenge for most podcast hosts, I believe, is if your podcast is all about interviewing people, is finding enough good people who actually can tell a story. And I think you've got to be mindful, like really mindful that you're not interviewing people who are going to give you one and two word answers. No comment. No comment. Yeah, like it's (laughs) It's really hard. hard work. Hard work for everybody and they might be amazing at what they do but terrible at articulating it. That's such an interesting point, Joe. And I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I I want to share this point here. I really make an effort to check out guests' content, and in particular if they've been on other podcasts or done videos, because I've had interviews and I've had the experience when it was like, I'm really carrying this and this is very hard for me to do. It feels like I'm just trying to draw blood. You've got to be cautious of that because it's hard to create value for the audience because maybe I'm not prepared for it. So such an important point, but please continue on. Yeah, no, and and probably equally the other way, which is probably more my problem, is having people who talk too much and or who may talk around the topic but not really to the point. 
And so they can be too verbose, but you're actually kind of reining them in all the time. So I think some, you know, as a host, you can you can learn the skill too or need to learn the skill of being able to direct your guests to be able to tell a story to demonstrate their own value rather than, you know, just what's what do you do and what's the framework or what's your program about, that kind of thing. But there is a real skill, and this is in whether you're interviewing, you know, on a stage or on a podcast anywhere really, that skill around interviewing is being able to extrapolate little stories from your from your guests the whole way through because that is more interesting for the audience anyway. That's and really again, it's just saying things like maybe, you know, can you give us an example to illustrate what you're talking about there? Or can you talk to one of your clients who you help do this? And it's just those sorts of questions that can really help, you know, encourage stories to come out throughout the episode. That's actually really interesting. I hadn't considered this as all, is you could almost set it up in the pre-work to make your guests aware, like maybe suggest, do you have any stories that are relevant around this topic? And as the host, you could be, I suppose, I'm making this up on the spot and correct me, but maybe leading them a little bit to the what happened next or how did you feel when this happened? Yes, absolutely. And it is those touchy-feely things. It's the how did that make them feel? How did you feel? Were they hard to work with? You know, all that sort of stuff because that's where the little keys are when somebody's listening and they're thinking, oh, maybe this person could help me out. And then they go, oh, actually, oh, I feel like I might be a problem client for them or something (laughs) like that because they're, you know, they're hearing those keys when they're saying, oh, no, God, I can't stand working with people who are anything like this. That's their prerogative to say that, but it does help the audience, again, self-select whether or not this is the right person for them to work with. And that's really what we're doing, right? We're on these on podcasts, we're interviewing people to have interesting conversations, to deliver value, but to give different people a platform to be able to share what they do. And for the audience, that's they've got to be able to get enough information about the style of that person as well as what they do to be able to say yay or nay. Well, podcasting is a very interesting platform in the idea that there is a form of entertainment involved. Like a show can definitely do better if they're able to cover a topic in an entertaining way or a story-driven way. I say entertaining, I don't mean like humorous or fun or it could be for a show, but it's a way where you make the listening experience enjoyable. Yes. um, Versus someone who's dry and just reading out from like a book in a very monotone verse would just, you're always going to go the entertaining route. So that's a very interesting perspective or way of going about it also. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the very nature of storytelling, if you can, you know, create or describe a character or a really challenging person that you worked with or a really hysterical person you worked with or, you know, somebody who you've with a a problem that you've never come across before and how you worked through that together, that just becomes much more interesting listening for people. And that's what it's about, you know. That's that's what we're all trying to do is make it more interesting for people to consume the content and to then remember us. And, you know, I, I said earlier that we are hardwired 
to remember stories and there is actually a physiological thing that goes on and it means that we just become much more memorable when we can recount the stories that have been told. I'm not going to remember necessarily everything that you know someone said to me about the way that they work but I do remember a client they spoke about because it felt like me you know and that's that's what we want people to be saying oh Joe, I remember that you said about so and so on a Facebook live last week I feel like that's kind of the situation I'm in can you tell me again what you do and how you help them and that's the sort of conversation that and them and the phone calls that I get all the time Because I don't talk about when I do book coaching, I take someone from here and then we start here and we do this. Like that's boring and dull. But I do send out little snippets about clients of mine who are at a particular point in the book coaching program and how excited I am for them and how interesting their story is going to be and blah, blah, blah. And then people will call me and say, what is that thing that you actually do for them? Because I remember you telling me about Jason last week. So... Yeah, I love how you've articulated that, Joe. And I just picked up on another subtle thing is that when you're telling stories about your clients, the positioning of that, it has you in a position of authority as well, is you're coming across as the expert. I, I just noticed that very much as you said it then. I was like, oh, that's actually really clever as well, rather than talking about ourselves, because we're not our own expert if we're framing it differently there. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, I mean, we all have seen, you know, for years, the old testimonial on a website, that kind of thing. That could be written by anybody, right? It's usually written by the website owner. But when it comes to (laughs) case studies and videos and that sort of stuff where there's a lot more detail, there's a lot more story, that's not typically going to be written by the owner of the website because they're not going to bother to do that. That's actually going to be a real thing that's happened. And, you know, it's seeding. It's about seeding. So you're just gently talking and letting your clients do the selling for you. That's really what it's about. So I want to recap on a few things here because we've we've spread across many facets here. So particularly for podcasters, I feel like, you know, where you could use stories because we've covered quite a few here is one, your introduction, the way you are creating your intro and engagement points, really powerful way. Joe shared some ones, which I'm glad you picked up on the one I used at the start of this interview is setting the stage for your interview if you're that type of podcast where you do interviews. So how you came across this guest, how you've maybe experienced their products and services and building credibility on why there should be someone you listen to within the podcast episode itself. Then the next one we had there, and I'm just, I'm having a slight mental break here. We go into the next one of maybe how you connected with each other might be one from there as well. Yep, and also what the um, let the uh, interviewee tell some stories, so you can prompt the, your interviewee to tell stories about their clients to illustrate their points. Absolutely. So prompting them up to share and use stories within their answers that are perhaps you know to articulate the sa- situation, and you can guide them through that. I think they're really, really powerful ones from there. And again. What I, what I really like about the framework we shared earlier is you could actually use that for each of those stories. Like it would apply to every format there and you could find a way to kind of lean those elements in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Joe, we're coming up to the end of our time here together on this episode and there's been a lot we've covered. Where can people go to find out more about you and learn more about your storytelling? Sure. So my website is thecontentcoach.com.au 
and all of my socials are The Content Coach. So you can find me there. And I have a Facebook group called The Content Couch, which is a cosy place to come and hang out and talk all things stories. And that's those any of those places, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm Joe Johnson. You can come and find me there. And there's lots of information on my website, lots of freebies to download. But really the Content Couch is a place to come and if you want to share information, there's no selling going on in there, so it's not a nasty pitch fest. It's really genuinely a place to, you know, if you've got an idea for a podcast and you want to flag it or, or see what people think of that, you can collaborate with others. It's all business owners in there, so it's people who could potentially be interviewees of yours, definitely people who could be listeners of yours. So it's a good place to come and hang out and get some advice, free advice, feedback and uh, share information about content and storytelling. Awesome. And I'll make sure we have links to everything, your site, your groups, your social, all going with this episode. But I will say this, guys, at the start of this podcast, I mentioned that there was a place where I found myself engaging with Joe's content. It was actually that Facebook group. That Facebook group was the one I managed to get involved in. And I don't normally get involved in Facebook groups. So, Joe's doing some amazing things with how she articulates her content to actually invoke action and response and conversation. So if you're someone looking to see how she's doing that and perhaps bring some of that into your podcast, then I would really encourage you to check out that group as well. So guys, this has been, or podcasters, I should say, a big thank you to Joe for coming on and sharing so much here. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of The Business of Podcasting. 